How's it going, half-ass in life? It's your boy. I'm back. I hope you're all doing well. I'm doing pretty well myself. I, uh, I'm recording this at 8.56 in the morning on a Tuesday. I've been awake since 4 p.m. yesterday, but I'm in a great mood. Very high energy. I stayed up all night playing video games, and, uh, then I exercised, I lifted weights, I jogged, took a shower, shaved, brushed my teeth. Been a pretty good morning. I, uh, you know, I vacuumed, I made my bed. It's just been a good day. The type of day that Jordan Peterson would be very proud of me. So, you know, I, I hope you all are doing well with this, you know, the quarantine stuff. And I, you know me, I, tr I do try to not talk about it, the thing because Lord knows the quarantine is, uh, you know, making everyone sad. And like, you know, like you, you watch TV. Why do you watch TV? To get away from the crap going on in the real world. But then you watch TV and it goes to the commercial. Every single commercial is just like, during these tough times. It's like, I'm not, I don't want to be reminded. So let, I, let me just briefly talk about something that I've noticed. Isn't it weird how, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, I have. Because I scour social media a lot. Even though I've been taking a break from it, I'm weaning myself off of it. I still will look and browse and see certain things. And one thing that I've noticed is... Before the quarantine, all of these people around my age, or even people like in their 30s and whatnot, and a lot of teenagers, were like, oh, I hate old people, I hate boomers, they're mean to retail workers, they're so stingy, da-da-da-da-da. But then ever since this quarantine, everybody in the world is just like, old people are the best. Which, don't get me wrong, I love old people too, I have nothing against them, but it's just so weird the exact same people who just a few months ago would not care, like they would smack an old person just because they hated them so much, are now the exact same people who are like, no, we can't reopen stores. You, you want to murder your grandma? Not trying to say anything controversial. I'm just saying that's some food for thought. Just a little thing. If you haven't noticed it, then, you know, just look out for it. It's pretty wild. It's, it's just, it's funny seeing, and the same thing, not just with old people. Oh gosh. Ooh, <laughs> I need to, need to drink some Gatorade. That didn't sound good. Hold on. Excuse me. Sorry for drinking on the podcast. Anyway, um, one thing is funny is before this quarantine, another thing everyone seemed to agree on is that, you know, everyone be like, there's way too many people, you know, we need another plague, way too many people. Traffic sucks. Going to Walmart sucks. Everything's always packed. Way too many people. And now it's just like every single life that we can save is the best thing we can do. We need to save lives. Which is funny because they say that, but then they totally overlook that the amount of people who can potentially die from coronavirus is vastly outweighed by the number of people who can potentially die from the side effects of being un unemployed and staying in your house for months on end, which you know, I'm again, I'm not going to get into any details or trying to say anything controversial. I'm just giving y'all some food for thoughts, just stuff to think about. But now that I've said that and gotten that out of my mind or whatever, let me go on to a different subject. So this is an open letter to the Instagram pages of ESPN Sports Center and the NBA, and I get it, I get that he's your boy, I get that he's really famous, but 
Can y'all please just chill with your obsession with LeBron James? I get it. I get it. He's the man. He's a great player. I respect his game. I respect what he's done for the game. But, I mean, they're doing the last dance. You know, this documentary series about Jordan and the years of the NBA and all this. And they are still finding ways... All three of them, not just one of them, by the way. All of these pages, plus extra, like, smaller pages, like NBA on TNT and whatnot, all of them talk about, like, these are LeBron James's thoughts on episodes three and four. It's like, can you just stop talking about the guy? Or can you at least include other people? Like, th these are Derrick Rose's opinions, or these are Steph Cur Like, it's just LeBron. And if they're not talking about LeBron, they're talking about Giannis. And it is it has gotten to the point where even with the last dance, I feel like the only reason they're doing that is so they feel justified and so they can reassure themselves like, oh no, we don't constantly talk about LeBron. It's like, congratulations, you don't talk about him 100% of the time. You talk about him 95% of the time. But you cannot... Go on Instagram and tr show me three consecutive posts that have nothing to do with LeBron James. I mean, it probably exists, and that pro I, but I just don't see it. If they post three things, I'm pretty confident in saying two-thirds of those posts are going to have something to do with LeBron James. Even if they're not directly about him, they're going to have him included in some way. And I get it. I get it. He's a great player, but... It takes me back to, um, I was watching Skip and Shannon, Undisputed. For those that don't follow SportsCenter or ESPN or any of that, that's a show where Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp talk about anything and everything sports. Now, in the past, I have ranted about how Skip Bayless is one of the most flip-floppy, annoying, moronic people, but... You know, the old saying goes, even a broken clock is right twice a day. I think that's how it goes. I feel like Ricky from Trailer Park Boys anytime I try to say like an, an adage like that. But, um, so they were debating whether LeBron or Michael Jordan's the greatest. And one point that Skip Bayless made that I really loved because I've always like felt it, but he said, he, he put it perfectly. The point was like, is like Michael Jordan, he didn't need to have this symbol of being yourself. He didn't need to go out and make political statements. He didn't need to go out and do all this big stuff, you know, dressing fancy and starting a school and all this, you know, other crap, which don't get me wrong. It is awesome that LeBron's done that. But yeah, I agree with that. All Michael Jordan did was go out and play the damn game, which I respect. And yes, I respect all the other stuff that LeBron James says and does, even though he has some really stupid-ass political opinions. But you have to be. When you're at a certain level of fame, you just have to say some really stupid stuff to be accepted by the other super-famous people. That's just a fact of life, and I'm not losing any sleep over it. That's it's just, you know, it's just natural. But yeah, Michael Jordan didn't need to do any of that. And the fact of the matter is, you can never truly say there is one solid greatest of all time due to the fact that the game has morphed over the years. You know, it really is by decades. Bill Russell, and even then there's arguments. Like the 60s could be Bill Russell, other people will say Jerry West. 
And then, you know, you go to the 70s, there's Kareem, there's Wilt, you go in the 80s, there's Bird, there's Magic, and all kinds of others. In the 90s, you got Jordan, uh, Hakeem, you got all kinds of people throughout all these decades that the NBA has existed. Even before the NBA, like people who really know their old school stuff before, when it was the, um, what, the ABA and the, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta plead ignorance as far as the, I can't at the moment recall the acronyms for the, like the original two things that merged and became the NBA. But yeah, it's just, there is no true way to determine who is the greatest all time. But if you absolutely had to pick someone, I would say it's Michael Jordan. And at the end of the day, you know, you can talk about, he's had six rings, you know, he, out of the six times he went to the finals, he won every time. LeBron's been there nine times, only won three. You also have Bill Russell. He's at 11. You have Kobe at five. All this other stuff that you can talk about and mention. But at the end of the day, Michael Jordan has... The one thing that Michael Jordan has that LeBron James just doesn't have is that same level of just, like, immense legendary legacy. Like, will LeBron James leave a legacy? Absolutely. But Michael Jordan is at that, like, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson level. Where it's just, like, years and years and years from now, there's still going to be people in third world countries who are like, I know who Michael Jordan is. Or even if they don't even know who he is, they're still wearing his jersey. And honestly, I could say the same for Kobe, but I can't really say the same for LeBron. And I gotta say, even though I've talked about it before, I still, to this day, to this day, I still do not know who, like, my, I do not have an answer for, like, a solid top ten. I can maybe say my top five, like, yeah, I'd say my top five is Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Kobe, and then Tim Duncan, and then I'd give, like, an honor roll, an honor roll mention goes to AI and Dr. J. But you also have to include Kareem. You also have to include Wilt. And that's the problem. And that's why I can't have a solid 10. I can have a solid 5. And even then, I'm kind of iffy about 5th place. But I'm only really solid and confident about Jordan, Bird, Magic, and Kobe. I do like Tim Duncan. I do like Al Allen Iverson. I do like Dr. J, Kareem. Will I like a lot of them. But yeah, I can only really be solid about those for the first four. So I know that it's a stupid thing to talk about, but it is something to talk about. And you know, it's not like you're listening to this podcast for any kind of hard hitting, you know, information. You just listen to it to have something to listen to. So I know you've been dying to know what's going on in my 2K, my career. So. A lot has happened since the last time I discussed my my career. In the time since, I beat Michael Jordan's record of most points made in a playoff game. I tied Klay Thompson's record for most threes made in a playoff game. I two times over tied for third place for most field goals made. Not field goals made, but you know what I mean. No, that is what it is. Field goals made in a playoff game. Uh, me, uh, The Dallas Mavericks and myself beat the record for the win-loss ratio with 76 wins and 6 losses for the whole regular season. I beat Dirk Nowitzki's record for most points made in a regular season game. And uh, 
We won the championship and the conference title. I was the finals MVP. I was rookie of the year. I was all rookie first team, all defensive first team. I had a 160-point game, five 50-point games, and 12 40-point games all in the regular season. And including playoffs, I don't know, it's like it's like 17 40-point games and probably like seven. I don't know. I had a lot of crazy-ass games during the playoffs. But here's where it gets wild. So I did all of that stuff, broke all these records, already, and, that, and that's my rookie year. I've already set the, all these crazy records. So, get this. So, in the game, you have the thing where, you know, you do the contract negotiation since it was a one-year contract. So, the uh, general manager of the Dallas Mavericks, you know, does the offer. He doesn't offer me a max contract. And I'm like, I'm it, like, even if I'm not the greatest player in the history of the NBA, I'm definitely the greatest rookie in the history of the NBA and the greatest Dallas Maverick of all time. So I should obviously be getting a max contract. So I asked for a max contract and he's like, we just can't do that. And then I like took it off just a little bit, like 80 to 90% of a max contract. And get this, the GM, which granted, I know it's a video game, but still, when you like invest so much time in a game, you do like, you know, not, you don't get like emotional, but you do have a moment like, what the hell? The general manager of the Dallas Mavericks says, look, I'm going to be honest with you. You are not a max player and you never will be. And I'm not re-signing you. And I'm like, what? The, I just broke like all the biggest records of the Mavericks franchise. Great, like, All this crap. But here's where it gets good. So when that happened, it shows the list of the teams that are interested in signing you. And there were two teams that had 100% interest. There was the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I was like, all right, that'd be cool. And then the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm like, oh my God. So I click on the Los Angeles Lakers. I shit you not. The first thing the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers says, he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd be an idiot to not give you a max contract because you're the best player in the league. And I'm like, all right, I'm the Laker now. So yeah, now I have LeBron and AD as like my right-hand guys. First game of the season, I dropped 39 points and seven assists. So, y'all, I'm real. So yes, I am. I'm having a really good time playing the my career of 2K. And again, I know it's just a video game. I know it's really stupid. But you know, in this, in, in these times, in these trying times, you have stuff to do. My stuff is video games. It's always been video games. Though, I've gotten into another thing. I've always loved guns, as I've talked about. But, I've started getting upgrades for my Glock. And I have to say, I, th I would say, like, for me, 50% of the fun of owning a Glock is just upgrading it. Like, granted, don't get me wrong. I love shooting it because it's a great gun to shoot. I That's... Out of every gun I fired, not just handguns, but like rifles, shotguns, anything, that's easily my favorite gun that I've ever shot. It's just, it fits so perfectly in my hand, so comfortable. I'm really accurate with it at any kind of distance. Like, it's just such a good gun. And so yeah, I got all these upgrades, and I gotta say, I've only had these upgrades for about a week now. And I'm wanting to get more because it really, it's just like, 
You ever meet someone who works on cars and they're really passionate about upgrading their car and putting on new stuff and, you know, tinkering with it. And that's how I feel about guns. It's just, it's fun. You get the parts in the mail, you you know, you take apart the gun, put it down on a table, you get all the parts. It's it's fun, okay? It's a fun pastime. It's a great thing to get into, in my opinion. It's just, it's something fun to do. So, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm trying to wean myself off of social media. Originally, what I wanted to do was just flat out just stop using it. But I've tried to do that before. And the urge to, you know, look on it and check, just, you know, it just going fully into it, I just can't do it. And so just weaning myself off of it, you know, you know, day by day, just using it less and less, that's worked out a lot better. Like, already, like I think it was only two or three days that I had done it and my phone usage had already gone down by about 30%. So that's pretty good. But, and so instead of, you know, if I get the urge to just mindlessly look at social media on my phone i'll just start reading a book or walking or whatever and i read this book recently called the Tao of Pooh, like winnie the pooh and my god it's just after i finished it like i will read a book and you know you have that feeling of oh i read a book and it's a few days or whatever where you're just like oh yeah i read this book da, da, da. but that's the one where it was like a week ago that I read it and I'm still just thinking like, what can I do to be more at peace in life? And that's one, that book is one of the biggest reasons I am weaning off of social media. And it's also just, so it, it's about Taoism and it explains the um, logic of it and the uh, philosophy of Taoism through Winnie the Pooh, because Winnie the Pooh is a really good example of just being you know being a Taoist where it's like you know you're not constantly busy you're not worrying about the future dwelling on the past you wake up and you're just like okay what can I eat and that's just basically how you are you're just living in the moment you know not doing anything crazy you're just like why would I do that if it upsets me or has the potential to upset me or you know if I don't have to do this thing that would annoy me why should I do it and I really liked it. I, and that was the first time where I've gotten really into books, but that was, I read that entire book in like two hours. It's not, it's not a super long book. It's like 150, 160 some pages. And I just felt so good after reading it. I was, I did truly feel like I'd learned something that I can apply to my own life. And so that's what I'm trying to do in little doses, just you know, like one thing that I've been doing is when I'd wake up and this isn't just a thing that I learned from that book. This is things that I've heard before and it, it really does make a difference if you do it. It sounds cliche, but it does help a lot is when you wake up, just think about things for which you're grateful. You don't have to, you know, list everything. You don't even have to have like a, you know, 10 things, just like five things for which you're grateful, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like, Oh, I just got this new TV. It could just be like, I'm thankful to have people in my life that like me. I'm thankful to have food, thankful that I have a vehicle, stuff like that. It's just one thing that I took away from that book is that there, there are things in life that you can complain about, but at the end of the day, it's so much better to, think about 
what you do have that you do love and what makes you happy because yeah at the end of the day you know you're just going to drive yourself crazy if you're thinking about the things that you don't have that you want and yeah it can be it can be fun to be like i'd like to get this and i want to get that but when you start obsessing over things that you don't have that's when it just you know it becomes too much it's really not good for your mental health and what was funny when i was um when i was like hyping myself up to start weaning off of social media i was reading all of these articles you can look on the internet and read stories about people quitting social media. I could only find one single article that was like, here's a con of quitting social media. And it's basically just uh, staying up to date with the news, which I'll be honest with you. I get enough news from the people in my life. I don't really need to, you know, look at stuff on my own. If I feel like it, I'll watch a YouTube video but as far as opening up Instagram or Snapchat and, you know, just constantly hearing bad news and you're always seeing people complaining, they're always sad or they're always angry. You know, if they're not sad or angry, it's only because they're asleep. It, it really does wear down on you because it, um, and Tom Papa in his newest special on Netflix talked about it where the human brain was not, you know, this is not designed to just constantly hear about any kind of horrible news. And this is the first generation where it's just something that you carry around with you 24-7. All you have to do is open it up and, you know, open an app. And next thing you know, all the bad news in your area, all of the bad news in like multiple states away from you, bad news from other countries, bad news all over the world, anything tragic, anything sad, anything that will make you angry. All of it's just like right there. And are, is there positive stuff? Absolutely. But it does get to the point where it does feel like for every one positive heartwarming thing you see, there's just five to ten things waiting to just ruin your mood or make you feel badly or just do something that upsets you. And yeah, in the long run, if I could just have one surefire thing like if there was just an app that was like purely good news only wholesome content you know just videos of like puppies and you know children running around or whatever that would be fine but there's just so much anger and so much sadness that people deal with where they just have to project it onto the rest of us where it, like all like you just can't go on social media for too long and so that's what I've been doing is I still will go on it. But after about five posts, if I don't see anything in those five posts where I'm like, whoa, I need to learn more about that. I just stop looking and I won't look again for a couple of hours and I'll just go do something else. And that's the thing, man. If you if you're listening to this and you also want to take a break from social media, you don't have to do it cold turkey because I've I've gone through it. I know several people that have gone through it and there is a thing. Yeah. When you are as into your phone as people younger, you know, like people our age are, you do, you're constantly on your phone and you do want to take a break. But if you go cold Turkey, there is that part. It's just like going cold Turkey with something that you're really always doing. You're going to want to do it again. And so I do think it's better to just, you know, Look at the social media. Nothing really caught your eye. You know, 
it's been two minutes you've been using it nothing's really interesting just turn it off go go do something else or if you do still want to use your phone just listen to music or just tell people like hey if you want to talk to me just text me i don't want i, I don't want to talk on social media i'd rather just directly text you maybe even call you if you're close enough and i really do enjoy talking to you and another thing that i've really i've always appreciated it but i've come to like very very strongly appreciate it with this quarantine it's just being outside, like being, just being outside and breathing fresh air feels so good. I saw a, um, there was someone who tweeted, they were like, fresh air really hits differently when it's illegal. <laughs> this, that it's just, I mean, that perfectly sums it up. Not that it's actually illegal where I am. I know like the, there are these places all over the country that are just like, you know, losing their minds, but for some reason, my my whole area just kind of everyone seems to di seems to have dealt with this thing the way I have, where it's like, all right, I've been in my house for a month and a half, almost two months. I'm fine. Everyone I know is fine. Let's just get back to it. But again, not trying to not trying to get into any of that. Just you know, just again, just a little little something. But in the spirit of you know wanting to be more positive and share good news, since I bashed. In, you know the Instagram accounts, the Sports Center, and ESPN, NBA, and all that. Let me, you know, let me, you know, go into something good. Is uh, one thing that they've been posting recently that I do really like to see is uh, videos of players interacting with their children, and it's the cutest thing ever. Like my favorite video is there's this video of Derrick Rose. And his little daughter, she's a toddler, and she's running around the house, and he's, like, chasing her while brushing her hair. Cutest video I've ever seen. The one of Steph um, doing the handshake with his young daughter. It's adorable. Any content with Russell Westbrook and his son is also just too damn cute. Y'all, I'm serious. Like, I know I began this episode by bashing them. But that content alone redeems any of their hype over LeBron James or Giannis or Zion or any of them. That content of NBA players interacting with their children is just like so incredibly wholesome. It's just like when you see videos of puppies or whatever and you're like, this is so damn cute. So um, I have nothing really left on my mind at the moment. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I do really appreciate you listening and i'm sorry i know i said that i'm experimenting with these shorter runtimes specifically so i'll put out more content but lately there's just been some stuff where you know like i won't be in the mood but i i'm i'm working on it i'm working on myself working on this podcast as a, you know as a side but trust me i'm not going to run away from this i'm not going to be lazy if i like i've said it before if i take some time with the content i'm sorry but nonetheless, whether I have two people listening or 200 people listening, whatever, I always appreciate y'all listening. I thank you so much for, you know, just listening to any kind of stupid thing I have to say. Very thankful for everybody that gives me feedback or just, you know, a simple compliment about it. Even someone who's, you know, offering uh, constructive criticism. If it's, if it's constructive, I appreciate it. So... Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Now, I know I always wrap it up by saying have a wonderful day and or evening. 
You know what? I mean, it's it's cheesy, but like, yeah, have a wonderful day and or evening. Actually, let me, uh, since I haven't done it in a bit and, you know, I, it, it one thing did just come back on my mind. Let me, let me go ahead and give you a couple of song recommendations. So I'll go ahead and tell you. Both of these songs are the same song, just done by different artists. And really, it, it, I'll probably end up giving you like four recommendations. But, uh, or really five recommendations, actually. So, you probably already heard it. Um, there's a song called Hallelujah. And it's, you know, it's Leonard Cohen, Jeff Buckley. There's uh, the version of it from Shrek. There's a guy named uh, Rufus Wainwright who has a piano version of it. And then there's a fifth version of it that was done by a rock band called Theory of a Dead Man. And you've, you've, you're bound to have heard it. Like, there's no way you haven't. And if you somehow haven't, go listen to it. It doesn't matter which version. Matter of fact, I suggest you listen to all, ver all the different versions of it. I love hearing different people's takes. Jeff Buckley's version is usually regarded as the best, and Leonard Cohen's version is usually like the second. Both of them crazy, different, like just really awesome takes on the song. And from what I remember, it was a while ago that I was like reading about it, but from what I remember, no one really like knows who wrote that song. Or maybe they do, but it's it's been done by so many different people. But it's, yeah, check it out. Hallelujah. Jeff Buckley... Leonard Cohen, Theory of a Dead Man, Rufus Wainwright, and I don't remember who did the version for Shrek, and I'm sorry for that, but if you just Google Hallelujah Shrek, you'll find that version. And it's, it's a very deep song, very poetic song, and one thing that really intrigues me about it is that no one is really sure what it actually like symbolizes. Some people say that it's a religious song obviously other people have said that it's actually about like it's like anti-religious basically or it's blasphemous other people have said that it's actually about sex it's you know it's just one of those songs where you can appreciate the different takes on it the different versions of it it's very musically you know it's very pleasing to the ear you analyze the lyrics or you just listen to it just to appreciate the song. So yeah, any of those versions. And again, I suggest listening to all of them. And if I had to choose a favorite, I'd have to say, uh, Jeff Buckley's. I mean, there's a reason it's, you know, that's like the biggest version. And the fact that he, you know, you know, had so much potential and he died the way he did. is just insane and adds a lot of depth to that song. And so, but yeah, just, I'm not going to go too much into that, but yeah, just find all those different versions of those, of that song. And I, I just, I can't imagine you'll be unsatisfied. Like it's just a hell of a song. All the different versions are so great to appreciate. So now that I've done that, I am ready to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. And evening. There you go. I'll just say and evening. It's weird to say and or evening because it's like, I don't know. Have a wonderful day and evening. Have a wonderful time. Whatever.